One. Go ahead and take your chairs, please. Luke 18. Amen. Thank you, worship team, as always. You're a blessing. Isn't the worship team a blessing? Yeah, they're a blessing. Yes, they are. You have Luke 18, 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Father, we, we thank you. We love you. And we are always careful to give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. Holy Spirit, I address you. I ask that you would touch each heart, penetrate the mind, and begin to speak to the individual right where they're at. I pray that you would move in signs and wonders in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So when I left, I left talking about um, church relationships. And, and that's been on my mind because church relationships are crucial to the health of a church. You know, we, we want a, a, a healthy culture. And I have found, <clears throat> for whatever reason... I think I, I nailed down the reason uh, um, that sometimes uh, people just don't get along. You know that? Something about putting, you know, more than, you know, four people in a the room, they're going to fight. And, and, and I go, well, okay, that's understandable. I don't know what you did to the mic, but turn it back the way it was. Uh, um, they don't get, they, 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 they begin to struggle. And so, uh, what happens? Well, it's because they, they begin to look at the, the, the small picture and not keep it, their eye on, the, on what we're really here for. Now, when I, I say it like this, if we were here to come to church to get along, then we would be failing at our goal, right? But the, the fact of the matter, because you have people, you know, I always say, ministry is very easy, right? What makes it difficult is people. But without people, there is no ministry. So, so it's clear. Getting along is not the goal. So we have to understand, what is the goal? Because if you can keep an eye on the goal, it's easier to get along. Correct? Because you, you, we have to understand, there are times when we're going to have disagreements. Right? There's times where Somebody's going to rub you the wrong way. And that's just life. Right? But I have found some people, they, they, they get hit the wrong way, and then right away they want to give up on the body. Oh, forget it, you know. I'm not going to that church no more. Give it to your heart. You don't love me. You know, they didn't smile at me. They didn't shake my hand. They didn't rub my head or whatever, you know what I mean? Uh, and that's not the goal. We have, a, we have a greater goal than that. And so how are we going to focus on the goal? I said, okay, Lord, how are we going to focus on the goal? And it always comes back to very, something very simple. Pray. Pray. See, and I know, and I've talked about this many times, before I prayed to change a circumstance, I, I always pray, God, change my character. That's kind of, you know, novel. In other words, change me, God. 
Don't change the circumstance. See, most people want the circumstance change. But you, I always pray, change me. Right? Because God may be using that circumstance for your benefit, to change you. Then I, then I, I understand if, if I'm going to be effective in my prayer, I have to have right relationship with people, right? If my relationship with God is going to be right. Now, like, when I say right relationship, that doesn't mean I want to take everybody out to coffee. Because some people, let's face it, and I'm a pastor, I, like, I kind of like everybody, right? But some people are hard to like. Oh, can I say that again? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not, and not that any one of you are like that. And, and, and some people, oh, well, I like this one, but other, you know, some people just, I don't, that guy, I don't, I don't get along. Well, that, 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 that's what I'm talking about. You're not called to take them out to coffee, but you have to have a proper relationship with them. Right? And, and that's what I'm talking about, real practical. It doesn't mean you have to buy them dinner and buy them a gift. No, no. But you can't, you cannot dislike them. You cannot hate them. Uh, you got to understand that for whatever reason, maybe it's me, we, don't, we just don't click. But that's okay, because that's still my brother. That's still my sister. So you, Why? Because I'm getting beyond the personal relationship, because there's a bigger thing that God wants us to do. Something greater than us getting along. That's not the goal. And then I know that if we don't ask correctly... We don't get what we want, what we're asking for. And most of the time we ask, you know, you, you know, if you're married, if you've been married more than a week, oh God, please change my spouse, right? No, no, no. And you won't get that right away. Why? Because God is probably saying, no, you need to pray to change you. You don't get what you want because you're asking wrong, right? So we have to ask for the right things. And that's why we don't get what we don't want, what, what, what we don't ask them. We ask for something, we don't get it because it's wrong. And then... When God sees me, and I'm ask, asking and I'm praying to him, he sometimes doesn't answer my prayer because my answered prayer may affect those by me. So he, he's not going to answer that prayer. You know, some of you go, I want a new job, and I want to go to Detroit or whatever. Well, God may not give you that prayer because he doesn't want you to move because that may affect your nephews, your niece, your uncles, your aunts, whatever. So he's not just looking at you. He's looking at how your life will affect others. So, so prayer is very deep and very complicated at times, although it's very simple, right? Because let's face it, if all, could you imagine if all your prayers were answered, you would be God, not Him. If all my prayers were answered, shoot, all right, and my kids would be behaving, yes, yes, sir. You know, my wife, yes, master, I mean, you know what I mean? No. <laughs> if all my prayers were answered. That, that, that doesn't work that way. And that, that prayer is wrong because I ain't getting that. Amen. <laughs> right, love? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So the way we pray limits God. That's basically, right? And, what, and I think it begins with we have a misunderstanding of God's purpose. See, God is more interested in the spirit of my prayer than the letter of it. You know, why are you praying? What is the spirit behind your prayer? Because sometimes we say things wrong, but our spirit is right. There's an intent with our spirit. But some people get so literal, so, you know, and they even, you know, some faiths, they, they, they list their prayers, and you have to pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, I mean, that's cool, but 
that he's more interested in the spirit of your prayer, not the letter of your prayer. Are you, you understand what I'm saying? Bible examples, you know, when you look at Moses, he didn't get to lead the, the children into the, into the promised land. But God had a different plan for him. Amen? And he wanted to go to the promised land, but he didn't get there for whatever reason. Well, there's a long story, but he didn't get there because that wasn't the purpose that God had intended for his life. In, in 2 Corinthians, let's all turn there. Chapter 2, verse, uh, rather, chapter 12, verse 7. Paul is praying. Now, you would think of all people, if this guy prayed right, if he prayed, God should surely should answer Paul's prayer. This is the Apostle Paul. And in verse 7, he says, to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Now think about that. Paul understood because he had seen some deep things. He had went to the third heaven. He, he could be very proud. He had his intimate conversations. He had an encounter with the, with the Holy Spirit. I mean, these, he had some deep knowledge. And he says, he realizes, because he had been praying, to keep me from getting conceited. This is what happened. In verse 8, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul writes, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses, in insults. Check this out. Now, we're talking about relationships. He delights in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. Why? For when I am weak, then I am strong. He, he said, you know, when people talk about me, and I've always said that, you know, when people talk about me, I said, get in line. Take a ticket. You know, get in line like, uh, like, like at the, the butcher, you got to pull a ticket. Well, get, take a ticket. I delight in that. My haters are my motivators. Amen. See, Paul prayed three times for this thorn to, to be removed. And it, it was Paul's problem that drew him closer to God. The thorn that he wanted to remove was actually the one that caused him to pray earnestly. And isn't that true? When we're, when we're going through it, don't we tend to pray a little better? You know, when things are rosy, we have it made in the shade with lemonade and everything is cool, we forget to pray. Oh, but when all hell breaks loose, the dog bites you, your wife burnt the beans, then you start praying. Oh, God. Oh, nipotent, oh, holy one. You get real holy all of a sudden because you're big into prayer. And sometimes God allows certain things in our lives to keep us praying. Amen? See, God may not give me my first desire. Why? So that he can give me his supreme purpose. My, my desire when I first got saved and I was getting ready and I wanted ministry, my desire was to go to Australia. I wanted to go, I wanted to plant a church in Australia. I want to have a shrimp on the barbie. 
go, I, I was, that was it. I was focused. I, I, I even uh, subscribed to the Melbourne Times. They, they have it shipped to Oakland. I have to go pick it up, go drive, and, and I would read what's happening. I wanted to go there. That's my, my, my desire. That's what I want. I prayed, oh, God, send me, send me, send me there, send me there. And all of a sudden, I, he, he called me, and he sent me to Colorado Springs. <laughs> what the heck happened here? See, now, I, I had, the intent of my prayer was I wanted to go out and do something for God. See, he understands the intent of your prayer. He doesn't stick to the letter of your prayer. Because sometimes we just don't know what we really need. He does, right? So God, God's purpose always supersedes our prayers. And we need to, you got to get a hold of this truth. This will make all the difference in your life. Because you won't expect, you won't get disappointed on God because he doesn't give you what you want. Because huh? really, what you want often is going to cause you a little more trouble than it's worth. Right? See, look at Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane. The man who had never known sin. He was there at the Garden. He took that task of taking sin upon his back. Right? And this was his prayer. If it's possible, let this cup pass me. If there's any other way. Huh? Now, he didn't want the cross. But if he had chosen not to take the cross, then we would be doomed without hope. Huh? God bypassed Jesus' human desire to give him his desire. His greater purpose. Amen? His desire is that all men would be saved. See, healthy church relationships align with God's purpose. Now, when you're aligned with God's purpose, all of a sudden, you begin to get along with people you never got along with. Why? Because you're not concerned with getting along. You're concerned with, what are we doing together to gain God's purpose? Because I've been in ministry, and there's people that I've worked with in ministry, like, man, just, ugh. Right? You, ever, you know? But because they were aligned with God's purpose, right? And I knew that. It made it easier to, to accept them. Because they weren't the goal. The goal was, what are we doing for God? So irrespective of how I felt or how he looked in my eyes, because I may have been wrong. But irrespective of that, because he was focused on God's purpose, he was all right with me. You see how that works? We're not looking at each other. Some people, they don't get what they want because they don't, they're not persistent. Now, here's the key. Just because you ask once doesn't mean you're going to get it. Sometimes you just got to keep on asking and keep on asking. Persistent, consistent, huh? Commitment to prayer as a way of life. Pray and pray. Without prayer, we'll never be a Christian. We should be, but you got to keep praying and praying. My wife, when we first got married... The, the doctor told us that she could not have children because she had a, a major operation, a, top, a topple pregnancy that hurt her, messed her all up. My wife, at that time, we weren't married yet. We were B.C., before Christ. We were in sin. My wife made me do it. <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, we, you know, we weren't living right. And so we're getting married. We've got to make it right. You can say you're going to make it right. And the doctor tells us that she can't have children. Whoa, that's heavy. 
So I, I rebuked the doctor. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And I was barely brand new saved. She couldn't have kids. And, and then she couldn't walk properly. She, her, her hip was out. She couldn't walk straight. All right? And we had to help her around. I had, I had to help her around. Well, we got married. Doctor's a liar. God is good. She got pregnant right away. Meaning, got pregnant. And then, you know, us Native Americans, we just don't believe in birth control. And she had baby after baby after baby. We, so we, we, we proved the doctor a liar three times. Amen? But she still couldn't walk. And she prayed, God, heal me. Didn't work, huh? And then she prayed again, God, heal me. Then we were praying and praying, and she just she couldn't walk right. One time, we, we got to have him. Roy De La Garza was preaching in Modesto, California, and I was in a band at that time, and he called us up, hey, can you come do the music? We did. Went down there, and we prayed again. But, but we were persistent. We didn't give up. We knew God could. We didn't know when. And we, if he didn't, well, we were going to still serve the Lord, but we were persistent in our prayer. Hmm? And then there was that next day when all, we didn't even realize she was healed until she, we were at Yamamoto's restaurant in San Francisco walking up the hill, and I'm watching her from the back, and she's walking straight because she couldn't walk straight. And I don't, she didn't even know she was walking straight. I go, hey, Deborah, you're walking. She goes, what? I go, you're walking straight. Remember that? She goes, I am. Huh? So God healed her. But we had to be persistent. Don't expect it to happen. You just got to keep praying. Why? If you're praying for your husband and it's a good prayer, keep praying. But don't expect him to change overnight. That's where the, the, the big clashes come in. You, it doesn't happen like that way. You know, let's face it. You know, sometimes men are, brain, are born with brain damage. Amen? And we need time. We need healing process. So don't expect it to happen right away. Right? Because we're men. Men are men and women are women. Now, don't expect your husband to be like you. Because if you wanted your husband to be like you, you should have married a woman, not a man. I mean, because it doesn't work that way. Men are men, and women are women. Amen? Can we agree to that? Now, I know in this day and generation, they're, uh, they don't know whether gender fluid, they don't know if they're a man, boy, you know, it, or whatever. But listen, in church, men are men, and women are women. God created Adam and Eve, right? All other genders were created by uh, some political party. Let's get back here. I don't want to get politics. Amen? We should pray like James prayed. Verse 13 of chapter 5, James 5. Is anyone in, of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is anyone sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer... Offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, think about that. Oh, that was heavy. Pray for each other, not so that the person you're praying for will be healed. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. Let me say it again. Because we think, oh, i got to pray. This guy has an anger problem. No, you may pray. We are called to pray for him. But the prayer, although it may heal him, that's not the intent of the prayer. Pray for each other so that I would be healed. Amen? The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. 
the, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Powerful is the heartfelt supplication of a righteous man. Tremendous power is made available through a good man's earnest prayer. An upright man's prayer, when it is at work, is extremely powerful. Now, do you believe that? If what we can, if we have this in our possession, the power that ultimately extremely power, right? All right, it's, it's, it's tremendous, powerful. It, it's, it's beyond power. If we have an effectual, fervent prayer, why don't we do it like we should? Uh, that's like having a million-dollar tab at Macy's and never going and buying a dress or a suit. Could you imagine if you had a million-dollar tab and just never used it? That's what our prayer is like. We have this, this tab that God gives us, and we just never tap it for whatever reason. Why? We go back. Why? Most of the time, we, don't, we can't tap it effectively. It's because we're too busy being mad at each other. It could be in church, but more maybe at home. If you've been married, you know, a little while, you know what I'm talking about. The battle of the roses. You could, and then, then you want to pray. No, 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 no. You can't do that. You better get it right at home before you think God is going to listen to your prayer. You better get it right with your children before you think God is going to take care of it. And you go, God, pray for my kids. You know, God, you know, I, I, I heard Dave, James Thompson say this. It was, ex, it was just profound. He said, when the children are all messed up, Treat the parents, and they'll get better. That's a very profound statement. Can I move on? Now that I've hurt everybody's feelings, don't get mad at me. you got to love me. Jesus says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be open. And you got to understand, in the original language, in the Greek, these are present tense verbs. What am I saying? It means keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. It's not something that you've done once and, oh, well, I, I've asked, and, you know, just, and I thought. No, 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 no. Keep knocking, keep asking, keep seeking. See, our prayer life becomes effective when we're persistent in it. It takes time for prayer to change us. Amen? Well, change me. I said, God, 33 years ago. God, change me. And guess what? He's not done. But that was one of my first prayers when I first came in. I didn't know that prayer was going to last 33 years and, and more. Just keep changing me, keep changing me, keep changing me. So I understand this. Prayer doesn't change God. Prayer changes me. Huh? Can I say it again? Prayer changes me. God's objective in our prayer life is not to change his mind. No, no. His objective is for God. His objective is to change our mind. It's persistent prayer purifies our longings and our cravings. It clarifies our thinking. It gets us right. And then the third thing I find that if we're going to develop something, it does no good to ask for something if one does nothing. So that lack of action. People actually think they can come to church, accept Christ in their heart, and that's it. 
No, no, there has to be an act behind. There has to be something behind your, your words. Action. Sometimes we expect our prayer life to do everything for us. Instead of going out, we say, well, no, I don't want to go out and talk to anybody. I'm going to be real holy and pray for them. Oh, Father, just touch these people. Just don't make me talk to them. Because that's really what you're saying. The intent is that you don't want to get out and do it. You, just, you know, God, you know, I'm real spiritual. I understand the first powerful, and I pray from here. No. No, it takes action. That, that, that is a, a false teaching, that all you have to do is pray. No, you got to pray, but you got to do something. It's like say, God, I, I want to be educated, and you pray about it. Well, you better go to school and study and get good grades. If not, you're going to be a dummy. All the prayer won't change that. You're going to have to do something. Amen? So some people pray as if God, they expect God to do absolutely everything for them and them to do nothing themselves. Again, we go back to James in chapter 2, verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose the brothers and sisters without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself is not accomplished uh, is not accompanied by action. Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But we have to do something with what we believe. We're responsible for action. So my need is not faith and works. My need is faith that works. I need faith that works. So we pray by faith. We pray God, do something. Okay, right. And he may do that, but he's going he's gonna to give you something to do to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. Going back to what? His purpose. His purpose. I want everybody to say real quick, God's purpose. Because oftentimes we misunderstand God's ways. And Isaiah, he's talking to the, peop the people there in chapter 55. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. For as the heavens is higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Right? So we understand that we don't think from God's perspective. We think from our perspective. In fact, we make decisions based on our life. Here, I'm the center of my life, and every decision is based on me. We go back to the beginning. Now think about this. We, we have 100 people here. And everybody's center is what? Them. Now, when we get too close to each other, your center begins to what? Disrupt their center. Boom. And what do you have? When you have all these people that are centered around themselves and they get close to each other, you get conflicts. Why? Because they're centered around them. Ah, But when everything is centered around God, all of a sudden, the conflicts are minimized because we all have the same center. Unfortunately, most people don't have that as their center. They have their life, and they schedule in God into their life. Rather than they have God's purpose, and they schedule their life into God's purpose. Now we have a different center. So we're in agreement. So we misunderstand God's 
God's ways. St. Augustine, one of the greatest fathers of the other church, had a praying mother by the name of Monica. When Augustine was growing up, his mother used to pray for him that God would get a hold of his heart. One day he told his mother he was going to live in Rome. At that time, Rome was full of sin. He knew, she knew that Rome was a wicked city. And, no, he, and he knew that he would be under that influence. And he didn't want her there because she wanted him under her influence. So she prayed, God, don't let him go to Rome. He went to Rome. While there, he came under the influence of Bishop Ambrose, the great bishop of Rome, and received salvation. Now, Monica's prayer was, God, don't let my son go to Rome. It's wicked, right? That was her prayer. No, no. But what she was really saying, the intent of her prayer was what? God, save my son. So her intent was was correct, but her words were wrong. And so, in fact, her desire was contrary to God's will. But God didn't hold it against her. He allowed the son to go to Rome, and he got saved. Why? Because our prayers have to submit to God's ways, not our ways. I have a son. My namesake, Albert. He went to prison. And he went to prison for things that, that he shouldn't be doing for the very reason that a lot of these guys are in our home. And at first, I began to pray, God, don't let him go to prison. God, don't let him go to prison. Now, who, what, what parent wants that to happen? Nobody. No matter how bad they get, we just don't want that to happen. Amen? But then, I remember reading these stories and more stories like that, and I said, no, I, I got I to gotta let God... You got to do what you got to do to save my boy. This is what I don't want. And I, and I asked him, I go, come on, God, I, I've been serving you and I've reached thousands of men like my son and they've been delivered. I've got them out of 30 year sentences, seven year sentences, five year sentences, prayed and God, you moved and you showed favor on the, with judges and they've taught this. Can you do, give a brother a break? I mean, I was, I just, I really want it. Well, didn't happen that way. He got set up. He goes there. But the ironic thing, while there, he gets saved. He goes to church. He's talking about God's going to have his way. Prays for his daughter. Right? And so he doesn't even sound like the same cat. I go, wow. Listen to him. He, he sounds a little different. So I've learned maybe he, he needed that. But I had, his, God's ways are not necessarily my ways. I'm going to end with this. Some people have a, just simply have a lack of faith. James 1.5, if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding any fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. The man should not think he will receive, he will receive anything from the Lord. You've got to have faith. Because our faith is so powerful, it would be like harnessing the power of the ocean. You can't harness it. 
But that's, that's how powerful our faith is. Yet, we, 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 we tend to lean on our own understanding and do our own thing. Huh? Our faith is, is, is untapped power. One moment. You ever been in the ocean? Who knows? Who, you know, Colorado don't have ocean, but I lived in California, but on the ocean. And it's an amazing thing. I've been deep sea fishing. That's really a trip. You get on the boat, and they have things called a swell. It's not a wave. It's a swell. And if you're not pr- prepared for it, you're going to get really scared. Because you're on the boat, and the ocean where you're at, it swells. And so your boat goes up like this. And you go, well, that's heavy. But then you got to go down. And when you go down, the rest of the ocean swells up around you. And it feels like, like whoa, like if you reached out, you could touch it because it just swells. But it doesn't fall on you. It's a swell. And you go down. That's why people get seasick because it goes up and down. Swell. But that is the power of our faith. If we could only touch it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> my goodness. Because our words are very powerful. The Bible says that we can speak things into existence as though they are. Right? Why do you think I always say things like this? We're going to plant churches in in Indonesia. We're going to plant churches in the Philippines. Why? Because I know what my words can say. Now, if it is in line with God's will, it's going to happen. So I get get a phone call. I'm going to get off track. I get a phone call. Not a phone call. The Facebook thing. And I have these guys, these friends of mine, Pastor Jeffrey in, in, in Indonesia. Well, where does he go? He goes, hey, I'm going to Singapore to spy out the land because in his heart, he wants to plant a church there. Well, I've been talking about this for how long now? Years. And so I go, man, Jeffrey, you should have told me. I would have flew out there and met you there. I, I'm with these people in the Philippines, this couple, and the, the wife speaks Japanese. She's a Filipino. She speaks Japanese. Why? Because she was a maid in Japan, and she has friends in Japan, and they want to start a victory out of Japan. Boom. Why? Because I keep speaking it. And speaking, I want to go to Vietnam. There's a guy in, in Indonesia. He, he harvests mahogany trees. Very interesting craft. And these mahogany trees are long. They're like tall, straight, I mean, almost to the roof. They're long, tall trees. And he harvests them in Burma, right? And they cut them down. And the longer they are, the better, because they, 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 they take those logs and they make them into a plank. And they use that one plank, solid plank, to make boats in China. And he goes, Pastor, we got to go there. I'll take you there, and then we can go to China. I have family in China. He used Chinese. Because right? I believe that we're called to do something. My prayer, and we're not just going there to reach the average person. We're going to there, going to those countries, what, to reach treasures out of darkness. The prayer. So this is my purpose. My purpose. And so people say, how do you get along? I'm getting back to get along with people. How do you get along with people? Because I understand one thing. It takes all kinds of people to accomplish a great work. It takes all kinds. And so we have to be willing to accept people as they are. Because the purpose is greater than your desire. It's greater than your likes. It's greater than your personality. The purpose supersedes everything. So we're able to get along. And then we keep a positive culture. Why? Because I may get mad at Jasmine. What's wrong with you, girl? You're lucky God's purpose is in your heart. Because you're all right with me. 
right? Because I understand her purpose. Now, she may have done something to offend me. Get him back. But the intent, remember the letter of the law? It's not the letter of the law. It's the intent. See, she may have done something to offend me, but I understand her intent wasn't to offend me because she's focused on God's purpose. So I don't take the, 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 the assault as an assault. Because I understand that's not her intent because she's focused on God's will. All of a sudden, you begin to look at people when you get me mad. I don't, I don't say mad at you. Why? Because we may get angry, but I know his intent. The intent of Larry's heart is to do God's will. So I get past what he did to me. Why? Because it may have been a bad day. Anybody have a bad day? You may have said the wrong thing, gotten somebody's grill. But if you took it personal, why? Because you're taking it personal. It's you, brother. What's wrong with you, man? I don't like your tie. Right? And you're taking it personal, and you're not looking at the intent. What is an intent? If you look at the intent, you don't take things personal. And one thing about ministry, you can't take anything personal. You can't. Why? First reason, God doesn't need you. So don't take it personal. God will involve you, but he doesn't need you. Sometimes decisions are made. It's not a personal decision. It's based on the intent. What is best for the whole? How can we accomplish God's will? How can we reach more people? I don't know about you, but I want to reach more people. And listen, I'm not, my intent is, I just want to reach more people to fill the church. No, 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 no. That'll happen. That's not my intent. My intent, I want to reach more people because I know there's treasures out there hurting. I know there's more women out there pulling tricks and are addicted and are being abused. And I want to reach them. I I may not want to reach the normal folk, but I want to reach folk that I relate to. Hmm? Because they're out there hurting. Because I was hurting. That's why I thank God for my past. Because my past hurt. I did not have a good childhood. I wasn't happy all the time. That's why I was always getting loaded. I was angry. That's why I was always, always fighting. But I look at that and I go, no, no, no. What, what the devil meant to do to harm me, God is going to turn around for good. And he has turned it around for good. So I press on and I press on and I press on. You know, I used to think they were normal people. There, there ain't no normal people. Everybody's just crazy like me. They just have, some people have more money so they can, they can afford better cologne. That's about it. But we're all, we're all you know, people are pretty trip at every level. Because now, you know, after a while, you know, 33 years, you know, things have changed a little bit. You know, I, I was an elected official, right? School board, oh, Reverend Loma. I was dignified. I had them all fooled. They didn't know who I was. Huh? I got educated. I tell people, I used to be dumb. I ain't dumb no more. Right? So I'm able to, to, to go to different economic stratas and different social events. And, and I'm, I've been in, in, the, in the presence of senators and, uh, and, and congressmen. And I talk to them and I realize something. These people need help. Let me say it again. These people need help. These, those people are, are treasures of darkness. They're involved in deep darkness. The problem is they think they're cool. They think they got it all together. Hmm? And they don't. How? Everybody needs the Lord. Everybody. So my faith says we can do it. See, when your faith is low, your prayer life will be affected. Matthew 9, 29, I'm, I said I'm going to touch. I'm going to end with this, right? It says in Matthew 9, 29, Jesus speaking, then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. Now notice what he said. 
He didn't say, because I'm, because I'm Jesus, boom, be the healed. No, no, he didn't say that. He said, because of your faith, you're healed. Everything that happens in our life as a Christian is contingent on your faith, not on Jesus' faith. Jesus is already finished. Matter of fact, Jesus can't help you no more. He's in heaven. Well, he can't. He's praying for you, right? He's in heaven praying for you. That's how bad you were. He's praying for you. But it's your faith. Contingent on your faith. What do you believe? What can you accomplish? How do you take it? See, unless we begin to believe things that we never used to believe, then you won't get it. But you have to begin to believe it. Matthew 17, 20. You didn't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I assure you, even if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Luke 7.50 reads, And Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Matthew 21.21 Then Jesus told them, I assure you, if you have faith and you don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. Faith. Five times. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you whole. It's recorded in the gospel. Your faith. Not Jesus' power. Not Jesus' anointing. Your faith. See, faith is so important that Jesus once said to Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith not fail. Faith. And why do you think the American church is so powerless? Because they have lost faith in God and began to put their trust in other things. It could be in their, their bank account, their career, their life insurance policy. It could be whatever it is. But if you're not having trust in God and your faith is not in Him, you'll just leave all that to your nephews and nieces. It's your faith. See, to make prayer a force, you have to hunt for the weaknesses of your life and ask God to help you. Why do I say that? Because if you lack faith, then that's what you have to pray for. God, I need faith. I need to begin to believe. I got to get back to my first love. Because I know this. It takes great amount of faith to say, Jesus, come into my heart. When you're in that first encounter you have with the Lord, that's probably the most faith and the closest you've been to God since you've been walking. That is like heavy duty. Because that's, that's your one-on-one -on -one encounter with the Holy Spirit. And it takes faith. That type of faith is what you need on everyday decisions. The same faith. But what happens? We get sophisticated. We come to a church and they teach you wrong. They say you're a good person. You're done. Don't worry about anything else. We'll take care of business. I'm the minister. You're the laity. And we do the work and you don't. Listen, laity, you know what laity means in the original language? Look it up. Laity means ignorant. So if you want to be ignorant, you just do nothing. But we're called to do something. Hmm? No. We must, we, we must be uh, like the man who came to Jesus on, on behalf of the Son. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I want to do something as my piano player comes forward. Give me the ability to grapple with the areas of my life. That are not full of faith. See, prayer operates in the faith realm. Now, when we're there, oh my goodness, the culture of the church changes. There's a dynamic going on. Why? Because it shouldn't just, I shouldn't be the only one praying for the sick. 
It should be your community. Hey, Pastor, I pray for this brother. And man, he got healed. Really great. Your faith is moving. Pastor, I needed a miracle in my, my family. I didn't have the money. It wasn't coming in. And somehow, boom, it came through. Woo, your faith got you through that one, huh? And all, we're all coming in, sharing our faith tales, sharing our faith stories, watching. And then we come in together, and the dynamic of the church, the relationships begin to increase. We, we don't even get mad at each other no more. Why? Because faith is happening. She's moving. He's moving. You're doing something for God. She's doing something for God. We're all moving in action. Then we look past that. We go, look what we're doing here. Why? Because we're walking and we're operating in our faith. We have to be faith people. That's why I love when Pastor, Pastor Sonny says, faith, faith, faith. Everything is done by faith. Everything. I want every head bowed and every eye closed.